Welcome to the postseason. Yes, you've made it to the playoffs and we've got eight teams remaining, 13 games to go and some naughty little bye weeks in there, which messes up a lot. As always, I'm joined by Kat. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing very well. I don't know. I'm excited, but I feel stressed. As I told you in the post, like pre-show, I've been checking Twitter furiously. The news keeps flooding in. Players inactive, coaches being fired. It's just all happening this week. We were meant to have said goodbye to a lot of these teams, but now they want to be in our conversations <laughs> and our discussions. Now they want to make no, no, headlines. We want to, we want to focus on the eight teams that are left and who are going to chance of making that Super Bowl in Vegas in the 12th of Feb, Monday the 12th of Feb. So, you know, put your leave in if you haven't already. Mm. I've actually got to put mine in. Yeah, so me too, actually. <laughs> work with this thing, it's done. I'm not turning up, so I think... Uh, you know, we've got a great little mix of teams here too, Cad. We've got four teams that have never won a Super Bowl. That's mm. the Lions, Bills, Texans, and Browns. They could take home their first. And we've got four rookie quarterbacks as well. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, surprising, mm-hmm. hasn't been here before. Jordan Love from the Green Bay. Uh, Mason Rudolph, spoiler, he'll start. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be done for the Steelers. And obviously CJ Stroud, so... It's a good mixed bag here, Cadge. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's also, you know, coaches that have never been in. D'Amico Ryans, for one thing. Like, it's just, who knows? Because we've talked about it. Clean slate when you get to the playoffs. It's a whole different kind of ball game to the regular season. It's a clean slate, but I can't forget. We're, no, you, you, exactly. you know, we've been on a journey. We've, we've taken a long time to get to here. And it's like, I'm struggling to leave some of those narratives at the door because... A couple of teams, I think, are bringing them with them. They haven't left them at the end regular season, so we won't we won't rush into that because we're gonna we got a lot of games to get through. Not as many as normal, but it's gonna be a lot more fun, Cat. <laughs> it is. We've only got six games to cover this week with the Ravens and the 49ers on their bye because they luckily took out their conference. However, homie, this coaching carousel, the bells are ringing, oh. the kids are lining up, it's moving. It's fast. It's going so fast no one can get on it. You can only get flung off it at the moment. And that is their queue is getting very big for people trying to buy a ticket to get on this thing. It is crazy. Well, let's start off with some breaking news that just dropped uh, this morning, Thursday morning. Pete Carroll is no longer going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. An official statement posted from the Seahawks chairperson, Jody Allen, said, we've amicably agreed with Pete Carroll that his role will evolve from head coach to remaining with the organization as an advisor. Now, Pete's had an incredibly successful coach coaching career at the Seahawks, won a Super Bowl in 2014, gave away a Super Bowl in 2015. We'll all remember <laughs> that. But what's your reaction to the news, homie? Oh, well, was there anything in that statement about, was it because he wore a backwards hat to a press conference? Could Is that be. why they parted ways? <laughs> Nothing was said, but... Up? You kind of could tell. I find it funny that it said that they agreed with Pete Carroll because the last press conference was him saying, I'm going to be here. Yeah, I I'd, I'd like to stay me. and I'm going to stay on. But only days later is he gone. I think this is a, it's a nice move because we. I think we all like Pete like as a person and as a player's coach. He's all about it. He's supported by his team. But I also have questions about being put in an advisor role. You get a new coach in. And then you've got the old coach of several years who was the most winningest coach in their franchise just looking over your shoulder. And I think we saw a similar thing with the Buccaneers when the old coach was told to not be on the sideline anymore and go sit up in the stands just so he didn't get in the way of the refs and trying to impact the other coaches. 
do you think this is the best movie? Will he be on field? Hopefully not. I'm, I'm assuming they should keep him in the office. I think it's clean. Like, it's a clean way to, to not dump a veteran. Mm. Like, I think another club is having a bit of trouble trying to get this narrative out. I think that's the New England Patriots. But I think it's a clean way to just say we're moving on, but we'll give you a little run around and you can you can be the energy of the team, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully he's a character that allows the next coach to do whatever they want to do. He doesn't have any control over them, but I do not like uh, that crossover of coaches. I've seen it enough in a lot of other sports and I just don't think it, it suits. Yeah. So maybe it's a quick, quick in and out and maybe they just keep him busy. So Yeah, maybe that that's the way. He is a big part of the heart of this team. I think you'd, you'd love seeing him on the sideline. I think it, it's interesting as well because, you know, the coaches encourage veteran players to develop rookies right and quarterbacks hate that when they're a veteran you've just signed a rookie quarterback like oh, i don't want to trade this guy that who's just gonna take my job but why shouldn't that be the same expected of coaches and to develop whoever's coming in adds a whole new spanner to the works let's keep the news rolling on because it keeps coming in earlier this week scarily enough predicted by us last episode mike rabel was fired by the tennessee titans he coached for the Titans the past six seasons, led the Titans to a 54-45 and 45 record overall, two playoff victories. The official statement hasn't really given a reason to why these they've made this decision, but I'm assuming, homie, with the same decision they made for their general manager only a year or two ago, they want to take the Titans to the next level and they don't believe Fravel's the one to take them there. I like Fravel as a coach, honestly. He's well-respected. He's won Coach of the Year in 2021. But his roster is seemingly what's held him back, as you said last episode. Would you hope he stays in the league? And, you know, would you have any idea where you'd want him to go? I think he's got interviews coming. This one feels like an amicable breakup. It's like they've just both reached the end of their relationship here and they're happy to move on. I think this opens up a lot of opportunity for Mike Raybrook. All right, okay, let's see if we can predict the future here again. I think... um, People may not be aware of the connection between uh, Mike and New England Patriots. So he played at New England. He won Super Bowls with New England, has a really good relationship with uh, with the GM, Robert Kraft. They actually sh- weirdly shared a box during the season because oh. he was, yeah, he was, uh, I think he was put into the New England's like Hall of Fame or whatever they call it for the teams themselves. And um, they shared a box together, which is strange for a current coach and a current GM. This might give New England the flexibility here to to dump a legend. And I've, I keep watching the headlines here. I hope it doesn't happen before that we get off the show because it's like, what are we, day day four of the postseason? Day four? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. We're probably running out of um, time for them to do it. So I think they will keep an eye on it. That's probably the next one. I think Bill Belichick is the It's probably the last, I think, on the coaching side of things. I think he's the last news we'll probably get. Yeah, we've got a lot of coming in here. Dennis Allen's going to be staying on with the Saints, they think. Matt Eberflus will reportedly be staying on with the Bears. Belichick, still no news, and we don't know where this is going to drop. I I, I think he's going to stay on, honestly. I I really... I just... It's too good to be true for me for them to let go of Bill. But if they keep him on, I just I'm gonna be so tired of watching the Patriots if they don't make substantial changes, which we we know they're going to at quarterback anyway. Do you think he's going to stay on in the end? I I think they're struggling to find a way to get him out. I think um, I think Mike Vabral opening up this gives them a chance. I think this is their only chance. So they've got to take this and do it quickly. Mm. But I I think Robert Kraft 
does not want to be the name that got rid of Tom Brady and then gets rid of Bill Belichick because if he goes on to another club and has success, yeah, he, he might go down in history on the opposite side of that um, of that metric. <laughs> and I just think I don't think he wants to align his name with that, but it's a great one to watch, and we'll have to see it all the way. But that carousel, she's just, she's quick, Mate, she's real quick. We've got the Falcons, Panthers, Chargers, Raiders, Commanders, Titans, Seahawks, maybe the Patriots. All looking for a coach right now. And you told me about the NFL uh, website has released a, a coaching tracker. Yeah, coaching tracker, GM tracker. We even know, you know, who's getting interviewed now because they've got to request interviews in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So if you want an assistant coach or something from another team to to come across and have an interview, you've got to formally do it. And it's quite funny now because it's like just flooding the socials with, we're interviewing. Oh, charges yeah, we know. Every day. Yeah, we just finished our interview with, and they just did one with the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Uh, and it's just going to keep going. Everyone's just waiting to see the one for Jim Harbaugh, honestly. Yeah, but I, I don't think he has to do that process because he's not an NFL, like NFL contracted coach. Yeah, so he's, he, declare him, yeah. Yes. So, obviously, he's the biggest name rolling around at the moment. I'm pretty much aligned with Chargers. I don't see his name with any others. But I saw it with the people. Raiders was an interesting one. Um, there's always the rumor mill is churning. You see it all the time. But the Raiders are kind of fiercely going after Jim if they don't take on their current interim head coach, uh, Anthony Pierce. So Chargers are the favourite, but I don't know if this is because you and I are subscribed to about eight Chargers fan pages and keep seeing that every day. It's funny because it's now, obviously, Jim Harbaugh, he's the coach of the Michigan Wolverines who've won the college. What what is the? It's a final. What's it called? (laughs) The college final. Uh, But yes, Jim did win that game. He's on top of the world. I know that his brother, John, coach of the Ravens, was there. He brought the Ravens GM. He brought everyone around to go and watch that game. This raises the question, though, homie. What does Jim do now? Because he's in two positions. Has he, A, done everything at the collegiate level that he can do, and he's achieved everything you'd want to? Now, does that open the door for him to go back to the NFL? Or does he sit there and go, well, now that I've won it, I can ask Michigan for anything I want. I can get all the money, all the players, all the funding, anything I've asked for previously, it's now mine. What do you think he does here? Whatever he wants to do. <laughs> that That is what he's created. He gets to choose. He'll be interviewing them. It won't be the other way around. He mm. gets to basically pick what life and what he wants for him and his family and what he wants next in his career because he's earned it now. So he can stay. He can ask for wherever he wants to stay. Or he can field any of these requests and go talk to a team and think, that team suits me. I reckon I can take them to success in the NFL and I'm going to take that opportunity next. So I think it's with him. I don't think we get a choice because it's all Jim's now. He's done everything he can to to sit in the position where he gets to choose. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well for people. You've got to consider where a coach wants to go. A, where he wants to live for the very first thing. Do you want to live in D.C. with the commanders or basically in uh, Maryland? Or do you want to live in LA with the charges? There's also a budget you need to take into account. How much money have they got to spend with the cap space? Who's their quarterback right now? What direction do they have? What's their history with GMs and coaching right now? Charges is all up in the air, and I know their cap space is not looking good. Commanders are looking for a long rebuild. Raiders, historically not great with their coaches, as we've seen a lot go through in the past few years. I've also seen rumors, by the way, John Gruden coming back. From the ex Raiders coach, which would be an interesting one. Just keep that in mind. If he does appear, it would be quite a random story. But 
lot to consider there in the coaching. And if you want to figure out everything that's happening with the sub coaches, we're talking defensive coordinators, special teams, offensive coordinators, go check it out on the GM and NFL coach tracker. One of the ones we saw, Jags defensive coordinator, fired plus his entire team of sub-coaches. Uh, the Giants defensive coordinator has resigned. There's a lot of changes going around. It's going to be another league. We're just going to have to catch everyone up on in about six months, aren't we? Yeah, well, this, hopefully we'll end these stories here soon because it's like teams you're not supposed to be talked about now. It's not your time. <laughs> you missed the playoffs. You, you know, stop stealing the headlines. So maybe we should end it there and get into the games. Sounds good to me. All right, it's time for the wildcard round playoff preview. We're going to go in order from days and times that these are kicking off. Starting off with Sunday's game at 8.30. Very first game of the wildcard weekend. The Houston Texans host the Cleveland Browns at NRG Stadium. Both teams have had incredible journeys to make it to the playoffs. The Browns onto their fourth quarterback, 38-year-old, 2013 Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Flacco who's won all but one game since he started for the Browns, passing over 300 yards in every single one of them, a team that is backed by what some say is the best defense in the league. The Texans, on the other hand, led by a rookie coach, rookie quarterback, have astounded the league in their success they achieved in such a short time with such little experience in the league, winning their division title and displaying incredible games of football that we've enjoyed all season. Now they come head-to-head, and I think one of my favorite matchups of the week, homie, they seem like a real perfect match. There's two storylines meeting in the playoffs. Is crazy. What there's a 16 year age gap between the quarterbacks. Yeah, and I I could not be more excited to see which storyline continues. It's I I like everything about these two teams, and it's it's such a curious interaction. This game will be. It's like what actually will be the most important thing in this game. I, I don't know. We I've got an idea, but I don't know <laughs> how it would actually turn out. And uh, it's a a great ride for both these two teams, no no matter where it ends. Oh, yeah. These are two teams that if you think back to week one or the preseason, no way we were calling that these boys would be in the playoffs. Maybe the Browns, if Deshaun Watson had performed to the standard people may have expected. Not like this. I think these games come down to the defense on both teams, though, homie. For a bit of background, these teams faced each other in week 14 in Houston. The Browns took that game 36-22. to Now, CJ wasn't playing. However, Flacco and the Browns' offense did. In that game, the Texans' defense was extremely strong at limiting the rush of the Browns. However, they got obliterated on the past game due to, if you remember, Amari Cooper's insane game. I do game. remember this. Yeah, the 265 yards. Like, maybe that's an anomaly. I think that's statistically an insane performance by Amari Cooper. It's not like he's been doing that every week. But it does highlight serious concerns with Texans' pass coverage that they've had this season. I think the Browns are going to focus on heavy passing. Rush game has been non-existent without Nick Chubb. And I was looking when I was reviewing this game, I thought, oh my God, Nick Chubb. Can you imagine what this offense could have been like if Chubb was in this season? There's only two missing parts from this game that I needed personally, and it was Tank Dell Mm. and Nick Chubb. If you added those two, this I'd probably be happy if this was my Super Bowl because it's (laughs) uh, it's got all the players I like. And uh, I think Ford has been doing a good enough job. I know he's been averaging four per carry and probably not in that elite 4.5 up-ish, but Mm. he's doing a good enough job in a system that's really strong. They've been strong since Flacco's 
sort of come into the game. Mm. So we we kind of thought their season was kind of done when they got PJ to, Walker. Got to was this it? Point. He was what has he been sitting on the couch with his five kids, thinking, <laughs> "What am I going to do with my life?" And then gets the rock up and he's thinking, "Oh, I know what I want to do with my life: get a Super Bowl again." Like I've been there before. Yeah, I'll, I can take this team again. I know how this works. He's never lost the wildcard game. Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Not voting well there. I do love all the videos of him and his kids and he talks about his kids who just absolutely roast him for being rubbish. Like he's trying to teach them how to pass and they look up his highlights on YouTube and they're like, you suck, Dad. It's like, Jesus, thanks. I know the one thing that he's saying every time he walks out the door, he's like, how many intercepts today, Dad? How many intercepts? Because <laughs> I know we talk about it. So he's got to give them a chance. They'll pick him off once or twice. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, you got to bait us all into that, but... I want to talk about the Browns defense now. There's a lot of hype around this Browns defense, homie. They have top-breaking pass defense. Their quarterback pressure is very solid. But they can struggle, if you look back into score lines, to maintain dynamic offenses from, from the better teams. Those score lines can blow out quite a fair bit. Do you think the Texans rank in that category as a dynamic offense? Do they have enough to contend and overcome the Browns this week? On the scoreboard. Oh, they surely do. CJ Stroud is not like we said he's a rookie, but he's not he does not act like a rookie. You feel coming into this game, you got two veterans of the game. He is that precise and that calculated. He he takes risky passes, but they're not they're calculated risk. Different to other people you think, oh, he's just throwing from the belt. He's just slinging it down there. If you really break down CJ, he, they are the, they are really dynamic. They are intent passes. We saw the first pass of the game last week. With Nico Collins, like, yeah, that huge, yeah. huge long ball, 75-yard touchdown, yeah. Like he read that play. Like that was not an accident. It wasn't a Hail Mary type situation either. It's like he reads the game as good as anybody, and I think they're 100% a dynamic team. The problem I have with this game is the Texans and their ability to give up a sack. They ended the season 22nd in the NFL for sacks, giving up 47 on the season. Wow, yeah. You got you got Miles Garrett on the other side of the fence, 14 sacks for the season, took a couple of games off, and he was a little bit banged up. He's been rested. He's fresh. It's like, ooh, you, could, might, you might put a bit of pressure on that pass, that passing game. and Because they, they got to them pretty heavy last time they played, and I think I worry that might happen again. So that's where, that's where my concern really sits with the – with the offense of the of the Texans, can they keep Miles Garrett out of the out of the, out of the yeah, space? Just out of it. Get out of it, Miles. Okay, I think this all comes down now, homie. Have you got a decision for me? Which way you're leaning on this game? I'm with the Browns. I've, uh, I but that must break your heart. heart. You love the Texans too. <laughs> I, I don't want either team to go out personally. I think I would love to. I love, would have loved to have seen them on different trajectories to get them a bit deeper. But I'm not sure sure which storyline ends. I love the Texans. I would enjoy that continuing, but I think the Browns are the better team here. I'd have to agree with you there. I'd love to go the Texans, but I think the way the Browns have been playing, it's pretty undeniable. The Texans do have some gaps and some weaknesses that I think the Browns can expose here. Pass coverage, for one thing, I think they're going to be in a lot of trouble. So go to go Browns, but I'm excited for this match. I'm actually kind of glad that they're not against anyone else. You'd hate to see the Texans go up against a heavier team or a bigger hitter. These guys feel like they've both got an underdog tag but are playing strong. So it's going to be a great matchup. Why don't we go over to the next game you got for us, homie? All right, I'm going to take us into our second game of the wildcard weekend. Our Sunday at noon, we have the Chiefs hosting the Miami Dolphins at Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be loud. It's going to be chilly. 
And it won't be a welcome return for Tyreek Hill, who gets to come back to Kansas City. You know, we had the non-event of him playing each other in Germany. Yeah. It was not really... It was pretty hyped, but we did not get the matchup. So the football world's rewritten it. So we're going to get it again and we're going to get it in the playoffs. But uh, the Chiefs offense, it's our big issues this season. We've seen it. We, it's not a, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a trend. Uh, sorry, it is a trend. It's not they a secret. Not, <laughs> it is not a secret. They have not hidden it. They have not fixed it. They did do a little bit better in week 17. We did see some improvements, but uh, you know, Mahomes still isn't the player that we've got used to seeing. And then they go and rest everyone on week 18. So we haven't got enough of a we haven't got enough of a feel to see if they've truly fixed it. They're fresh, they're at home. And they've been here before, Cad. So it feels comfortable to see the Chiefs here and it's like, but can we forget what we've seen already this season? That it's Miami tough. on the other side. Oh, it's, it's so hard, it's isn't it? It's tough to forget that type of thing. And, and it's kind of interesting as well because, you know, you've made a good point there. With Matt Mahomes is also the problem. It's not just the receivers dropping. We saw against the Bills at the Chiefs, like he threw a flat intercept. Like he threw one straight into coverage for deflections. There's poor decision-making there. Can't put it all on that receiving team. And he gets so frustrated by it. It's uh, You can unsettle him and it unsettles the team, right? Because mm. it... He gets a bit moody. We yeah, all so see does, on the so side. does uh, Kelsey as well. There's some angry boys yeah. in that team. Yeah, which is fine. We don't mind angry runs, but it gets a bit it gets a bit salty. Everyone gets a bit in their shell. Moving on to Miami now. We come into this game after losing to the Bills and losing their chance of a home final. It's probably the worst outcome that could have happened for them, but it gets worse because they're now banged up, they're bruised, and their season has tailed off in a way that they had not expected. Majority of injuries now to their D-line. They've gone from hero to zero now. They're basically, they were out with Chubb and Phillips, who we know, season-ending injuries. But then they've gone and added more injuries on the weekend, just gone. And, oh, God, this lineup is dangerously positioned now. We've got injuries to Dramone Baker, Cameron Goody, and Andrew Van Ginkle. So what's that mean? They're going to have to go sign people. <laughs> so they've <laughs> got inside veteran pass rushes, Justin Houston and Bryce Irvin. This is not a time to be signing people. This is where you should know exactly who you got and who well, you're going welcome to Welcome to the team. Uh, we're going straight to the playoffs and we're meeting the Chiefs. Don't feel yeah, stressed and we about like that. To rush the, we like to rush the quarterback because <laughs> that's how we get the best results. Uh, let's do that now. But uh, So we've got Tua. It's his playoffs debut. And he's heading to Kansas City. It's going to be cold. He's got an injury team with full of injuries. Can they overcome this, Cad? Look, Tua, Tua is 0-4 in games when the temperature is under 45 degrees Fahrenheit or less. And I think the forecast said it's about 10 degrees on this weekend. So that doesn't bode well for one thing. It's a patchwork, this team. You're band-aiding it. I think it's... I only really saw, and even if we got the Dolphins coming extremely healthy and they're still playing at the Chiefs, say it's not cold or whatever, I would need the Chiefs to play poorly for the Dolphins to take it on. Now, we don't know if the Chiefs are going to do that. I still think the Chiefs need to play near at their worst for the Dolphins to have a window here. I can't really see it happening with them already at this large disadvantage. The hardest thing is we're talking American cold, not Australian cold yeah. here. So we're talking zeros. Yeah, it's not Melbourne winter. <laughs> yeah. It's snow and so you'll take You can't replicate this in training. You can't prepare for this. Especially in Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, 
it's it's unusual to put uh, everything on the temperature of the the climate and you think everything is in your favor here, the chiefs, like everything is now you've, we'd sort of thought, what would it be like for the chiefs not to play at home? We don't have that scenario. They've got everything they wanted and now they've got an opponent that I just can't see would want this. No, it, it's all against them here. Uh, I actually had a matchup that I wanted to watch to suggest is Legereus Sneed, who's been, pretty much great all season in the backfield. Um, and he's going to be pairing up with either Waddle or Hill. I'm thinking Hill for most of the game, which would be interesting. But Snead is an interesting player because he, I reckon he's a player who gets away with a lot of holds and stuff because he's been called all year on them. He's got so many penalties. So I'm assuming he just does it nearly every other play. <laughs> it just doesn't get called. But I'm really excited to see this matchup. And I think Snead's going to cause a lot of trouble for this receiver game for the Dolphins. Do you reckon he'll um, strip it off Tyreek Hill again like he did in Germany? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe he will. He's probably feeding on that. And so would Tyreek. So I don't know how this is going to go. I think Tua is going to have to basically put this one on his back. I think it all comes down to him. They won't die wondering. That's the one thing with the Dolphins. You know they're going to... And I was wondering if they can take time out of the game. If they can do... was the They were controlling the game with the Bills with the running game. And Morstead and Water will be back. So that's one... Mm. element that's great for them if they can control and take time out of this game that i think that's where it could be get back to that heavy run take time out of the game give yourself a chance and you might just surprise us but it's a hard road here and they've made it as hard as they can the dolphins well it sounds like we're both going chiefs here again homie i'm scared that we're going to agree on everything today yeah we will agree on everything (laughs) (laughs) it's round one baby (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, homie, you got a double header here. You've got the next game coming up with the Bills versus Steelers. Yeah, this is the early slot on Sunday, our Monday. So this is your 5 a.m. So set the alarms and get ready because the Bills, they're taking on the Steelers and the Steelers have to travel here. So it'll be a home game for the Bills. The Bills have been in a high riding season since the midway point. Six and six they were. Then they've gone week 18 and crowned themselves as the champions of their division. We're seeing them develop now a style with, that can create a winning formula. And it should stack up pretty well in the playoffs. We've seen that dynamic run now. We've seen Josh Allen still be rogue. Yes. And it's like, this is going to be a fun game because Josh Allen is at home. He's in front of his fans. He's the one I've got to want to put on a big show, right, Cad? I think the Bills are built for these types of matches. They've proven it. They've basically been playing playoffs already. Yeah. They're, they're tested, they're battle-ready, they're pretty exciting. They're super exciting, and only with that more of that development from Diggs, we're seeing Joshy's cowboy passes freak me out a fair amount. I don't think it's as, uh, you know, if he starts doing that against Titan teams, I'm a little bit worried about these big mistakes having a big impact on the score, but I'm excited to watch the Bills play. It's a fun offense. Yeah, but we've got the Steelers as well. They're, we know they've creeped into the playoffs. Yeah, boys. <laughs> yeah. We can't deny them. They have a winning season. They get in here and they deserve to be here. We've got Mason Rudolph. He'll be starting at quarterback. But the biggest news out of here is, as we suspected, TJ Watt will not be lining up for... He will not be lining up for the Steelers as he has not got up from that injury. Will he be back if they made it through to the next game? They're still not saying. I don't think so, personally. But it's really hard news to absorb with the Steelers. 19 sacks for the season. Best in the competition. He's elite. He makes his defense elite. 
puts a lot of pressure on the other players now. But it's playoffs. We don't get the luxury of crying over it. We've got to move on really quickly. The Steelers, they've shown us that they can put up an offense now. They've got a run game that's strong with Warren and Harris. But, Cad, can seriously the Steelers without TJ Watt turn up and create an upset against the Bills? I, I just don't know about that. Like, it's such a hard one. To, if I had to put a scenario out there, it comes from Mason, who has been incre- like increasingly better and better, big yard games, and his involvement of George Pickens. If that gets going, that's the only way I can see them really relying on getting a victory here. Deontay Johnson's been fantastic. It's just the defense, I feel. And without TJ, it's a hard one. But if the defense can really get under the Bills' skin, then they've got to go here. Like, there is an option here that the offense can play out. But I don't know how much further the Steelers are going to go from there. It's a whole new playoff experience. They're away. It's a t- it's tough to imagine the Steelers pulling it together. In fact, it's, it's almost a different team with Mason Rudolph in. But I kind of expect the Steelers to choke it out here. The big problem I have is that the, the Bills... They've given up the least amount of sacks this season out of any team. So that's the advantage that the Steelers give on most teams. Mm. And they're the best team on third down. So it's it's not aligning well for the Steelers. It, it will be it's gonna be a major upset if they get it done. Yeah, which I, I just like, think I'd be stoked for if they did. I don't want to see the Bills out of it. If the Steelers just keep doing them and get through somehow. I'm not. I'm not. We're mad all at it. looking for an underdog to get into the narrative, aren't we? We're yeah. looking for that that journey of that team that's like, oh, you should not be here anymore. Yeah. Like you sort of look at this list, and you, we must say, it, it, there is majority is pretty strong favourites throughout. So it's so it, it's sitting with the home team. Mm. It seems to be a massive advantage being the home team in the wild card playoffs, but someone's going to create an upset, and it's trying to find which <laughs> one has that formula. Yep. I struggle to see that the Steelers have, have the team without TJ Watt to get it done. Yep. So I'll be sitting with the Bills. Worst case scenario here, will they bench Rudolph at any point? No, I don't think so. Oh, look, if they're down by 20 points at halftime, I don't know why you'd bring Kenny Pickett out, but they might. Honestly, they might. Maybe just to be like, look, you played in a playoff game. How exciting is that? We'll get you some playoff experience. Like participation trophy, there you go. But... There's no point. Mason's clearly the better quarterback on this team, unless it's a, some sort of refresher, but the halftime should try and clear his mind and get back out there. Just don't do it, boys. Just keep Mason out and just hope he gets it together. At least for this game, the Bills, five in a row, Steelers, three in a row. So they're both coming in hot. Mm. So let's get it. Let's get this matchup going and, and let's hope for a, a cracking game here, Gad. Let's go for it. All right, so we're both going Bills there. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to move off them. It's hard there. <laughs> They're in some good form. They're in really good form. All right, moving it on to Monday at 8.30 a.m., the Cowboys versus the Packers, and it's a David and Goliath kind of battle here. Cowboys, always under the microscope of love and hate, good or bad, should they fire their coach or their quarterback, or is it finally, as the fans say, homie, is it their year? We'll, we'll have to see. But the Cowboys ended the season 12-5, and five, clinching the number one seed in the NFC East. Their offense has been rolling hot, averaging 29.9 points per game with Lamb and Prescott, this duo that is one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Packers, on the other hand, had no hype and little expectation this season. Even listen back to our previews, 
we're talking about we're going to see if Jordan Love will be the next franchise quarterback. It's going that way. He's had an excellent season in his debut. This team has shown go two different personalities, and that's what we're struggling with these guys all season. One homie, an efficient, clean offense. The other is a team that struggles to get really anything going. I really only have one question here for you, homie. As we said, there's two modes of the Packers, on or off. If the Packers play at their absolute best, do you think they come close to contending with the Cowboys here? Because most things seem in their favor. I think they have to set up a game that gives them one shot to take it. And I think the way to do that would be to get to get the Cowboys off their script and get them to plan B or C. Mm. I think even plan B, you're probably not going to win. But if you can get them to plan C, gives you every chance of... Because they're a bit of a front runner to me. They've got a massive advantage at home. 8-0, 37 points per game, big offense, 425 in yards per game at home. And it's like, if you can get them off that script, we saw the Lions do it to them, what, two weeks ago? Yep. And and they had the game on the line. I think the Packers, if you can get them to that story, and that means intercepts, get it in your hands, disrupt them, get them off their Rattle script. Back. Yep, just get them rattled yep. and see, because I, I don't think they're a strong team when they get rattled. And you can really put the pressure on them. So if the Packers can create a scenario where they can do that, I think they're every chance of taking this. Jordan Love is second behind Dak mm. in uh, passing touchdowns. Give him that one shot at the end and see if you can take it. That's the only way I see them getting this. I really hope they're on here. I still, though, I just don't see the Packers having a shot. Like, for example, the disparity when the Packers aren't on. They lost to the Giants 24-22. to Now, that's the very same team that the Cowboys put 40 points on. You can see how badly they can struggle against any team when it's not working for them. Dak's record is 2-4 and four in the playoffs, generally meaning he wins the wild cards and gets knocked out in the divisionals. Cowboys are at home, massive advantage for them. It's just, it's an interesting balance. Can the Packers pull it off? They're a nice little underdog like the Steelers that we can follow here, but I think the Cowboys are so overpowered. guess another narrative, a rivalry perspective here, homie, is that Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys used to be the head coach of the Packers. I don't think that's going to worry him, worry them, rattle them at all. It was a long time ago and they're playing in Dallas, but it is a storyline here that people are tracking. I'm more curious now. They've already started. What happens if the coach loses? Oh, of course <laughs> like they're they have. Like, jeez, <laughs> give them a... <laughs> like, they're playing the Packers. They're a strong favourite. They're always starting seven points in front of the Packers here. It's like, that's a big differential in a wildcard round. Mm. I think, gosh, leave that narrative alone. Let's just they, see they what they not. put up. That's how I intro That's why I, I intro it. If like go that. down to the Packers, like, the, the noise will be massive. <laughs> Unbelievable, but it, it's a hard one to see the Cowboys not being successful. Like this is their home turf, and they have made it a fortress. Mm. Haven't lost in sixteen games here at home. Longest active winning streak at home at the moment. I just really struggle to see uh, a storyline where the Packers get it done. But they're underdog, so yep. you go in as underdog. When 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 we're most confident. That's when things go wrong. So we'll have yeah, to see. On this a lot this season. That's where I like it, right? It's exactly right. But we're going over to a more contentious game here. The Lions versus the Rams at 12 p.m. on Monday. It's kind of a revenge game here. Two quarterbacks were taken from one team to another. Stafford from the Lions to the Rams, got from the Rams to the Lions. Since then, the Rams have won a Super Bowl and the Lions have had the best record. They've had in a long time and their team 
clinching a playoff spot early. Rams, homie, I know you love him. One of the most exciting offenses with star veteran Cooper Cup. We've got a record-breaking rookie in Puka Nakua. The running back consistent with Kyron Williams. Their coach, Sean McVay, he's built this team back up quickly, efficiently, after losing a lot of veterans from their past Super Bowl. It's not the same team at all here. The Lions have had similar success with their rookies. Jameer Gibbs has an excellent debut year. Armon Rasen Brown like continues to play exceedingly well. Built on like this culture of determination and aggression from head coach Dan Campbell. Now, homie, all key offensive players are healthy for the Rams and they average over 29 points per game. They take care of the ball. They don't have a high turnover rate at all. The Lions, though, have a great home field advantage. They're 6-2. and two at Ford Field, and average 30.5 points per game in that stadium. Now, considering Sam Laporta is out, they are at a slight disadvantage here, but are you expecting just one of the biggest shootouts we're going to see of the season? Oh, I think it's going to be nuts, this game. This is the most hyped game for me out Mm. of the lot. I just think the storyline's rolling in. You've even got another little... I'll add that Goff's got uh, snubbed from the um, Pro Bowl again. Yep. So that's a little bit, he's, he's angry. He's got to be, <laughs> this is where like, can we factor in emotion here, Kat? Because there, you know, there's going to be, so, uh, there's, there's a few stories here that want to get put to bed. Right. And it's like, I want to go and I want to play against this team and I want to show them who I am. And I just think that, Oh, I so much to watch in this game and I love everything about it. Mm. I am sad that Sam Laporta isn't going to be there. It just puts that little chink in the lines. Yeah. I think the struggle I have with the lines is like, don't play that one-off game that you really struggle. Yeah. We've seen it this season when they just don't turn up and it's like, please make sure you turn up. You think they would have to because it's at home and it's like everything's on the line, yeah. but will that actually be a negative towards them? Like is, is will can the pressure they compound pressure? From, yeah, yeah. from their home ground if it doesn't start going well? It's a good point. I, I really struggle with the, the Lions because I love them. And you say with a lot of emotion in this team, that's what the Lions seem to be about, though. That's their culture. Yeah. That's their aggression that fuels them. They fail to bounce back when they've already been hit a bit early. Yeah, in, in a game, that's where, I was, that's where I'm like, that, don't give me that game. Like, stay in it the whole time and don't try and bite extra off. <laughs> I think when Jared Gott gets behind the game, he'll compound that. Mm. Like, don't make one mistake, two mistakes. Yeah. Just let it be one mistake. He'll, like, it's okay if you throw an intercept, but don't then go add don't on two more all. to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You don't, you've got a good enough team now. You don't have to be the winner. Just be the part of the system that wins the game. And it's like, if you get into that storyline, which the Rams are going to generate, they're going to be slinging it. They're probably, they might take the lead at different points throughout this quite, yeah, they could go two in front easily two touchdowns in front, but it's like work your way back into it. You've got a strong running game. You're really, you're the strongest guy. I reckon they're the strongest team left in the comp in terms of physicality. Maybe up there, San Fran probably yeah. matched them a little bit, but they are the strongest team. Get into that story and, oh, make it a beat up because that, yeah. that could be where you take the advantage. I think that's a fair point. And, and you know what's funny? We're reviewing this game. I look to see where these teams come down in terms of defenses. In their yards, offensive, everything, rush, scoring, defense, they are near equally ranked with every single category. And if they are further apart, it's by two or three yards. It's not a big difference. So there's no real, we can't really determine how these guys are going to play up against each other. Where does your gut come down on this game? 
I just want to see success for the Lions. I think because I've I've given them with the, the underdog tag, they are the stronger team. They they would be on paper the stronger team, I think. I just the Sam Laporta thing has really thrown me with this team. I just don't know what they're gonna put in for that spot. Yeah. It just throws them off a little bit and I think, oh, don't I, it's because you can't really take anything away from the, the Rams. I guess if the Lions don't have Sam Leopoldo, the Rams are playing away. That's the only kind of balance you can put on the scales. They've got, both got good coaches, different styles, but they're well coached as well. Mm. And the thing with the Lions is they've got to go for it. And yeah. I'm so excited. There'll be so many chances at, at four and one that we're going to be like, please don't <laughs> Dan, do it. No. <laughs> punt it, punt it. <laughs> nah, we're going. No, I just, it's going to be a cracker game. It's probably... Uh, Maybe my favourite of the weekend. Uh, I'll go the Lions, oh, but I would not be surprised with the Rams taking it home. I thought you were going to go Rams, honestly, on that one, which is interesting. Uh, I am actually still caught in the wind here. I might even, like, let's tentatively put it at, I'll go Rams here. And I love the Lions, and you've been on the Rams all year. It feels like we've switched chairs now, but <laughs> I'm going to go the Rams in this one because they're just looking unstoppable. I just wonder whose defence is going to blink first. I will say, whoever wins this game, though, strong favourite from that point going forward. It's a big thing, isn't it? Because it's saying we've ticked off this big team, we're fighting through. It's uh, The only thing bigger would be if the Steelers took over the Bills and you go, oh, okay, wait a minute, we've misjudged you. I sort of still see these games as periods where someone will play their, their Super Bowl in, in the playoff series. So it's like, it'll be, the Rams could play it against the Lions and they're out after that. Yeah. The Steelers could play it against the Bills and they're out after that. I, I, I do see that a lot with teams. It's like, we'll play our Super Bowl this week and we'll run out of energy. That's all the energy we've got. So I'm looking for those teams and the Rams and the Lions, I think they'll go further. They'll go deeper, whoever wins it. But there's a few teams that I think you could just play it this week and be done in and out. It's it's exciting. And it's all sudden death. It's, it's, it's all sudden death, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got one more game. Only six games. What have you got to end our wild card weekend? Well, after excitement of that game, I'm probably going to take us to the least exciting of the batch here, Cad. But it's a playoff. It's a wild card. We're in the postseason, and I've got the Bucks and the Eagles. So it's our last game in the wild card, and it's Tampa. We'll be hosting Philly Eagles. That's, That's a surprise in itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. that is, that is, that is, we're going to end it there. That's yeah. a headline and a half, that one. Uh, both teams will be pretty pleased that they've got the longest gap between games. Uh, this game will not kick off until our, our Tuesday at lunchtime. Mm. And Philly need every minute of this to get their team right. They've obviously decimated with injury over the last game, which a lot of stories coming out of that Week 18 game, which... Basically, that should have been train wreck of the week because it is what well, Jalen Hurts with a injured finger dislocation. AJ Brown bruised knee. Bruce I don't knee, know yeah, what they're actually niggling there. I don't know what they've said it, the actual injury is. Yeah, and obviously Devontae Smith didn't play, and but they're all playing. So <laughs> um, the <laughs> Philly has had a big fall from ten and one. Mm. We now got injuries factored in. Can we let them off with all that now that we're in the playoffs? Do we get to do they get to a clean slate, Cad? Do we get to see? Yeah, the defense has been in shambles. They're giving up yards 
I think you could even take a catch against this team. At How the dare you? In the even me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it back. Not even Cad <laughs> can take a catch. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> but also, for professional NFL players, yes, it's been Swiss cheese, that defense. People are running through. I don't think they get the clean slate here. And someone put up a question I saw. Who are you more concerned about, the Eagles or the Chiefs going into the playoffs? It's the Eagles for me. I think the Chiefs still show flashes of momentum where the Eagles are almost unrecognizable. I can't give them that clean slate. I just think they're struggling so much and there's no fix. We don't know the reason for it exactly. There's some injuries. There's possibly some bad coach uh, play calling from Sirianni. I can't let them off here, but they are against the Buccaneers, which is a whole nother kettle of fish. Yeah, and we've got to... The difference is the Buccaneers have at least got a winning formula before they've come in. They won... I think they won five of their last six. The last two were pretty bad. You know, I guess you got a shutout against uh, the Panthers, but you also didn't get a touchdown against the Panthers in your last showing. It's meant that we're meeting two teams. This is a different style of game where we're meeting two teams of who's going to be less shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, I don't like measuring teams on this, but uh, the one thing about Baker Mayfield is he'll light it up at some point. They're dude. I feel like the, I feel like the Buccaneers are a cheap version of the LA Rams. Okay. I don't. I think you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, mm-hmm. Rashad White. He's had a great season. Kyron Williams. But I just don't think they're as impressive. Like I get excited about the Rams. I get nervous by the Bucks. This is a game where I can't see a clear winner. Weirdly, the Eagles are favourites, even though they're travelling. I guess everyone's going the sort of same as me. And so, oh, no, the Eagles in the playoffs. That yeah. means they am win. I, am like, I really going to back Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers in a playoff game? It's it's a really tough question to ask yourself based on everything you know about both teams. Baker dealing with an ankle injury. It's like that questionable, that little, again, a little tag. It's like, okay, do I knock you back another point there? I don't know, Caddy. This is a game that could be a train wreck for either team here. I think it's more nervous. I'm more nervous for the Eagles. If the Bucs win or the Bucs lose, it doesn't hurt their season. They've had a great season. Yeah. If the Eagles lose this, they're in disarray. Big, big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Like there will be some big internal conversations. I am sitting with the Eagles at the moment, but I need to see those final lists. I don't mind the Bucs here, oddly enough. And, you know, it's when do you get off the, the horse? That's what we've said the whole time, you know. which When is the team actually going to fail? I'm going to go for the Buccaneers here. I'm only concerned about Baker Mayfield's taking the the pressure of a playoff in an away game. So, or in a, in a home game with the whole team behind him, I think it's going to compound on him. But I'm going to go Buccaneers here early and then we'll see what happens with the injury reports as they come over the weekend. Yeah, this is definitely one to check in probably Monday. We'll need to see where the final lists are sitting and just to see where they who they're taking with them as well. Cause it's a, there's a, there's a quite a list on the Eagles at the moment that are doubtful and questionable. Uh, so we really need to see that, but oh, the Bucks could definitely blow this game up pretty easy. <laughs> it's oh. scary to think about, isn't it? <laughs> all right. That's all the games there, homie. We've got some great matchups, some big underdogs, Ready to pounce, but we'll, let's talk first about who's left 
out of the Aussies who are proudly representing us in the uh, playoffs this week. So we've got uh, San Francisco. We've got Mitch Wisnowski. He's yep. got the luxury of a buy, so he'll be enjoying that. And he's uh, he's also got a fellow Ravens friend on the on the buy as well, which is Daniel Fialehi. Yeah. So exciting for those two boys. Two in the risky category. Jordan Maialata at Philly mm-hmm. and Cam Johnson at Texas. So they will both be playing for their lives this week and let's hope they can get through. Well, you're waiting for an Aussie to win the Super Bowl because of that early call you said, an American will win the AFL Grand Final, an Australian to win the Super Bowl. I guess you means you can't back the Ravens if 49ers and Ravens go through. You'd have to back your Aussie Mitch Wisnowski. No, no. Daniel's there for oh, the Ravens. That's true, but it will he play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he'll okay, come he'll on. start? He'll come on. Okay, yeah. he'll come on. No, yeah. no, he doesn't start. He comes on. Okay. He's sort of number 77. So it's a lock, out really. It's a lock, really. We only, if what, only the Packers <laughs> get through or something. <laughs> if Sanford and Ravens make it, my prediction is it's guaranteed. Oh, it's so, exciting. And you're like, oh, wonder why Harvey Gates picking Sanford and Ravens. That's why, everyone. <laughs> that's why. Oh, that's so exciting to see a bunch of Australians leading the league in the best teams. But, homie, you've suggested that we do something special for the wild card round. Yeah, well, it's the wild card round. We're going to get some wild predictions. You know, I've made one once so wild. It looks like it's coming through, you know. <laughs> got, a, got one last week of the coach killer as well. But uh, let's, we're going to do a wild result, a wild player, so someone that just blows something up, and then a wild moment prediction. So let's kick it off, Cad. Give us your wild result from the... From this weekend. I'm going that the Packers beat the Cowboys by at least 10 points. And I'm only putting this in because it seems too perfect of a matchup for the Cowboys. Home field advantage, weaker team in front of them. Their team's all healthy. They're a top scoring offense. And when I'm very confident on a pick, as we said, everything can go wrong. I'm putting it by 10 points because I'd need the Cowboys to essentially collapse to have Green Bay even win by a little bit. So if Green Bay win, I think they're actually going to win by a fair amount. I like that. I'd actually that was I was tempted to take the Packers because it would be the biggest upset. Yeah, like it, it would be wild, and it's like I like that prediction indeed. So I'm going to go with a little bit different here. I don't know if it's I don't think if people would consider it wild, but Miami winning in Kansas. That's fair enough. That's fair, but not just winning twenty four, winning by twenty four points. Yep, that they is wild. Blow them up. <laughs> that, that, okay, yeah. Nah. <laughs> that is wild. That's all right. You need to add some flavor to that one for sure. I think that's it. And are you banking on a Chiefs collapse there as well? Yeah, imploding. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I honestly think if the Dolphins can shotgun them, get them early, they might just put them on the back foot and get going. But yeah. it's like, it, they've, got the, they've got the flavor. I don't, they keep talking about tour and how the ball is different in the cold. Yeah. It's like throwing a brick. I just want to see if he, he might still be able to throw that brick. I, I think as well. Like, obviously, the Dolphins from Florida aren't going to be comfortable in the cold, by no doubt. Like, yes, but the Chiefs surely aren't going to love it either. Like, it's going to be it's uncomfortable for, for everyone, everyone, right? Yeah, like, yeah it's you not still that they love it. Yeah, and so like, it's the same field for both teams. So it's a uh, two-way. He's got a lovely left arm. Just launch it down there. See if he can get a. Get him in front. I think it's absurd to be 24, but let's just say, you know, you got to give it some spice. All right. And the Dolphins take it away. Why don't you give us your wild player as well, homie? All right, Kat. I, was, I did think of Mike Evans, you know, against the, you know, against the Philly Eagle. He could blow one up. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about Jair Alexandra. Obviously, uh, he went out to the coin toss a couple of weeks ago and I thought, oh, he's going to make it up here. 
maybe he takes down CD Lamb, holds oh. him to under 40. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting one. But uh, I was stuck to my guns here, and it's David Njoku. Okay, from the Browns? Tied for in. the Bears. For, for, for the Browns, for the Bears. Sorry about that. Gold. Uh, for the Browns, I back him to just blow up the game. 100 plus, two TDs. I'm gonna, that's that's my player. Okay. Get I, on board. I like it. I've gone with George Pickens, who'll light it up for, I think, 150 plus yards and two touchdowns. His stats have been on the rise since Mason Rudolph's been in. He's put up bigger numbers than that, but not the touchdowns. I'm calling it, so if it shifts to him, it's the best chance that the Steelers' offense have to to bank on a win here. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, now give us a wild moment from the weekend. What have you got for us? (laughs) You know I like to get detailed with these. So I've got a few factors in one. Joe Flacco (laughs) gets sacked and injured by Will Anderson Jr. from the Texans. And then the Browns have to go to their fifth quarterback for the year, but they still win the game. Ooh. That's like a six-leg parlay, right? <laughs> I, I nearly went with uh, the, that the Steelers, Rudolph goes down and then they <laughs> and then they win after... With Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett <laughs> comes on. Hero. I nearly went with... Like, that would have been like a real moment and a half, but I've, I've gone with Tyreek Hill to get the first TD in Kansas City. It's not a wild moment, but not it would be moment. wild. <laughs> but it's the <laughs> first it TD of the game. It would be uh, it would be a good one. Yeah, and I just think that would just silence the whole crowd. I just think that could be a wild moment if that happens. I want to see the Dolphins do that play that the Texans started off with. You've that's got what, that's where receivers. I got the inspiration from. Yeah. I thought I nearly went. I was like, wonder if wonder if uh, CJ does it again. Okay, that would be pretty brave. Yeah, because I was wondering, again, right? I was like, how will the uh, Browns defense set up? Will they put, you know, cover three? Will they put out people full safety, like strong safety out deep? Or are they going to go up close knowing that they're likely going to start with a run here? Do you reckon you'll see any punt returns this weekend? Oh, yeah, for sure. I love them. They're probably my favorite. <laughs> it's so good when you see them chop it up. You're yeah. like, oh, is he going to go? Is he going to go? <laughs> We still get excited if we pull them off in Madden these days. I'm happy to see any version of it, honestly. But is there anything else to add here? Oh, we're going to talk about the tipping comp, homie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Not forget. Our tipping comp has been fantastic all season and strong. And uh, I've talked to you all season about this. And you're a competitive guy. We know that. You like to win. Yep. But what did I also tell you to not do? Win. Yeah, exactly. And what have you... Kind of, what are you doing at the end of the regular season right now? I'm winning. Yeah. I'm taking it. <laughs> Which uh, we can't run a tipping comp and then take the prize for ourselves. Unless... I knew I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're doing, and it's how we did originally set up the competition. It's from going from the regular season, these tipping comp, this tipping comp will go all the way through to the Super Bowl. It is so close at the top there that it can be decided by one game or a differential. So stick in your tips, keep it going. I'm going to have to try convince Holmy to tank, but he'll refuse to do it. So you've got to knock him off the top for me because I'm nowhere near close. I'll, I'll uh, probably after this week, I'm going to go rogue. <laughs> I'm, I fear with this what... week, if you went rogue, you might actually win by a lot. It could happen. That's my fear. <laughs> so I'm going to give everyone, I'll probably sit with the favorites and you can try and get me. Cause I, if you can pick the upsets, you can come get me. <laughs> Cause I think, I think there's flavor in the upsets this week and not the, obviously the big games, but I think there's, there's a few 50 fifties for me. Rams so. lines is going to be a decider for a lot of people. So Texans Browns, I yeah. think that's a decider. Bucks Eagles. Good luck. <laughs> well, good luck everyone. That is a challenge. That one. 
All right, well, that's it for our wildcard preview show. We'll be back to recap all the games next week, but enjoy your weekend. Make sure you get that Super Bowl leave in. How many should we wrap it up? Yep, and just to let you know, the recap will be a little bit later because of the game, obviously, on Tuesday starting late. So we'll be out probably Tuesday afternoon, maybe Wednesday. We'll see when we can get it to you, but you'll see it. I think it'll be Wednesday that we'll get it out by the time we catch up on the game. I did one last check of Twitter. There's no other news that's broke during the recording, homie, that I can see. Oh, come on. Bill's gone for sure. Give it to me. (laughs) Just refreshing the browser. No, it's just a lot of Pete Carroll news. So everyone, keep an eye out. It's all still cooking. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram and TikTok, and subscribe. Thanks, homie. Thanks, Ken. Enjoy your weekend. Welcome. Oh, I will. I will. I will too. <laughs> <laughs>